So this psalm is written about 500 years before Christ, which means it was written sometime before the temple was built, and it's ascribed to David, the king. There's no reason to actually think it's not his psalm, but the psalm right before this in the Psalter, Psalm 25, David is all mea culpa, because he's been a bad boy. He fell in love with Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. They had a steamy and torrid love affair. David was so in love with her that he sent her man into battle to kill him so he could keep her. And Psalm 25 is like, God, I'm such a worm. I'm so terrible. I can't believe I did that. Sorry, God. But this Psalm's all, I am good. I am holy. I am just. I don't hang out with those bad guys. I don't hang out with those robbers and thieves, those adulterers and whoremongers. Oops, I was one. But here, here he is really testifying to God, demanding that God see his goodness, see his potential, see past his faults and know his needs, see past his indiscretion and think, hey, David, you're my dude anyway. Because like the psalmist says, there's nothing you can do to separate me from your love. But anyway, this psalm, this psalm of like, I'm lined up with you, God. I'm synced up with you. I want to live in your love. I want to live in your glory. This psalm is written before there is a temple. But you hear all that temple language? I'm going to get to the altar. I'm going to wash my hands with the cleanest of soap. I'm going to dance around the altar, make a circle of dancing with the friends. I'm, I'm going to sing your songs and I'm going to tell your stories. All of that stuff is temple language, but there was no building. The temple had not been built. The other temple had been destroyed. These were the wandering Jews who wandered around with God in a little box that they called a tabernacle. A saw of God's glory, they thought, resided in a kind of tent, a temporary shelter, kind of like being out in the streets. because maybe your temple has burned down. There was no synagogue. There was no mosque. There was no masjid. There was no gurdwara. There was just a little box that they thought symbolized the presence of God. Maybe like this little rickety thing. But David was talking about dancing in the temple. David was talking about singing the songs of God, telling the stories of God, praising God, doing the rituals of God without a building. Child, we ain't got no building. How many of you is this the first time to see the site? Isn't it hard to look at the shell of the place that we used to call home? <clears throat> the bell survived. The facade survived. And if I'm honest with you, I wish it hadn't. The facade is inconvenient <laughs> when you're thinking about rebuilding your church. Can you handle that truth? 
How are you going to get the materials over the facade? How are you going to get the dinosaur-sized equipment over the facade, the beams, the steel? How are you going to even out the rubble with the facade? Oh, my God. This is the work we're doing every day, y'all. Every day. How are you going to build with the neighbor's lot next door and the neighbor is not inclined to share her space with you? We don't have a church space anymore. We felt a little homeless, haven't we? Somebody say amen. We left our home on March 12, 2020, and we didn't get back in there before it burned down. We felt homeless, we felt adrift, we felt confused, we felt lost. We didn't know if the digital thing was gonna work, did we? But it did. Hell yeah, it did. I mean, heaven yeah, it did. Your team pivoted on Easter Sunday to make a digital movie, for God's sake, with folks singing in those Brady Bunch squares, quite beautifully, I might add. Amen. Pivoted to put the band in spaces and the other singers in the spaces. Pivoted to create a digital conference, bigger conference than ever in 2020. Kept on pivoting. Digital spaces for the kids, digital yoga. I don't know about that, but y'all did it. We grew by 420 people in a year. People who never came to 7th Street and 2nd Avenue ever. People who found us online because of a post you made or something they saw on YouTube or some speech I did in New Mexico. People who found their way home to a temple-less, sanctuary-less, building-less community that was filled with love. That was filled with love. We aren't the first ones of God's people to do love without a spot. God's people did love without a spot, which is why they built the rickety box. To take a sense, a symbol, a symbol of God with them. But the scriptures kept preaching to the people about what it meant to be the people, the called out people. That's what church means. The called out people called you love. In Zechariah 8, he promised the people that though they did not have a temple, that they were going to be safe in the streets, honey. That the old people, I'm one of them, would be sitting out on the street rocking in rocking chairs while the little people played in the street safely. And that the glory of God would be bright in the city and they would not need a building. In John's revelation, John went a step further to say there was no temple, but there was so much light in the city that it was the glory of God that they didn't even need street lights, child. The glory of God shone brightly without a space. And then Isaiah says, the people were the temple. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians. Don't you know you're the temple of God? 
And the glory of God, the light of God, the love of God is in you shining into the world. Stand up if you think you might be the temple of God. Stand up if you're the sanctuary of God. Stand up if you're the place where the love and light of God lives and emanates and moves in the world as love and peace and justice and joy. Clap hard if you know you are imbued with the divine. You are the divine. God can't do any work in the world without you being her hands and her feet and her heartbeat and her tears and her compassion and her joy. You are the ones we've been waiting for. You are the ones to heal this world of brokenness. Sit back down, it's hot. To heal this world of brokenness and heartbreak and enmity and the scourge of racism and sexism and heterosexual, you are the one anointed and appointed by God to love yourself, your body, floss your spiritual teeth, take care of this carbon so that you can love on your children and your partners and your friends. Eat right, sleep right, drink a lot of water, meditate, make your holy temple a holy temple so you can do what God is calling you to do. You are the God thing all wrapped up in beautiful flesh. Some of it beige and some of it chocolatey and some of it skinny and some of it thick. <laughs> Gorgeous flesh. Love your people. Practice being godly with your little ones. Tenderly discipline them. What's with the belts? I'm sorry. Who said so? Kindly corners, you know, Timeouts. Love your children into wholeness so they too can be the temple of God. You are the ones we're waiting for to love your posse, your workmates, your colleagues, your neighborhood. You are the only one sitting, standing exactly where you are with clanging earrings called by God to do a bold thing on the earth and that's no less than heal the world. Are you with it? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we don't want a space, we do. I'm not saying we're not gonna have a space, we are. And we're trying to figure that out, honestly. Can we build here? Can the dinosaur get over the facade? We're committed to the East Village, and we're just trying to figure it out, okay, amen? Committed to the East Village. But I'm saying, when I was looking forward to coming home today, I was looking forward to the hug from you, the fist bump from you, the eye contact from you, the blown kiss from you. You are my home. You are my home. You are my home. God's love, God's glory, 
God's calling is diffuse across this whole congregation. Not just me and the collars. We finally call ourselves the collars. <laughs> but we believe here at Middle Church in the priesthood of all believers, and that means you. Exactly as you are in all of your ordinariness, in all of your everydayness, you are the one. You are God in the world. You are love in the world. You are light in the world. You are peace in the world. Get busy being you the very best you can and make a home for somebody else. Make a home in your heart. Make a home in your consciousness. Make a home in your prayers. Make a home in your activism. Make a home. That is God's house. That is you. Amen.